Hey, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. What's up? This is Matt Franco here with Eric Dittleman for episode 40 of Mind Over Magic. Coming at you hot. We're excited. We're 40 weeks old. So excited to have you here with us. We're a little loopy today. Yeah, we're a little loopy. Uh, I don't know. You'd think after 40 episodes we'd have a handle on this. But uh, hey, we're just going to do what we always do and, uh, you know, wing most of this. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had a solid production meeting prior to this discussing whether or not it was episode 39 or episode 40. <laughs> but we, we are sure that it's number 40. So that's yeah, good. And, and you even uh, billboarded it last episode. You were like, I did. Tune in for episode 40. We're here now, Matt. Uh, but. Uh, How's your week been? I mean, we had a we had a big holiday and everything going on. Uh, I I didn't do much this week, to be honest. I wasn't living life for the cast. <laughs> it was a it was a slower week for me, but I was relaxing and uh, and getting some stuff done. But uh, how was how was your Easter? Yeah, you you came on the Zoom today, just defeated. You're like Matt. I haven't lived life for the cast this week. <laughs> I mean. Uh, it was a nice week. Don't get me wrong. It was yeah, nice and well, relaxing. Sometimes not living life for the cast could mean it's the best week, means you're relaxing, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, no, Easter was good. Had a, uh, a small gathering with some family and friends. And uh, it was beautiful because, you know, Easter, sometimes we traditionally do like a brunch thing. But, yeah. you know, because it was such a nice day out, we knew it was going to be like 90 degrees. Wow. Even though it's only April, we said, well, let's, let's let's fire up the grill and get the pool going. Whoa, pool party. Yeah. It's pool season. So. Yeah, so it was a nice little holiday. Did you do anything for the holiday? Yeah, well, I worked the holiday. Uh, well, ah. I, I worked prior to the holiday, too. I had uh, I was I was excited to get back to my Zoom show after that uh, that Rocky show prior when my system failed. So yes, I had um, the right after we recorded last week, I jumped on. Uh, I, I changed the whole show just to a Zoom only, and had a had a great crowd, uh, like fifty people or so. And uh, you know, the show went really well, and everyone was excited. So I was happy to you know have that. Like we said, the you're only as good as your last performance. Right. So uh, right. So I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, but then good. um then yeah, Easter I uh, got together with my pod and we did brunch, which was fun. Oh was, nice! We had a huge spread; it was delightful. Uh, but we usually meet uh, Sunday nights for dinner, but I had to we had to push it anyway because I I did the scam live show back oh, yeah. the first ever magic show back in New York post pandemic or still part of the pandemic, but the tail end of the pandemic uh and that's my friends harrison and patrick show uh i gotta tell you about the show it's it's please it's it's, it's pretty uh pretty interesting the way they're doing it and um you know we've talked about their online show where it's the society of conjurers and magicians which spells out scam and it's the secret society and no one's supposed to know about it except the gag is they tell everyone about it because right. they're trying to sell tickets especially for the show um but uh, it, it takes place in the theater district, like on 54th Street at a place called RPM Underground, which kind of, if you picture like a very bizarre karaoke place, like there's like all these private rooms and like bars and stuff underneath underground. Mm -hmm. And the way they're doing it for COVID is people are potted up together in their own little like private karaoke room. Unless you buy like an individual ticket, they'll put you in the largest room, but like opposite sides of the room from each other. But it's only it was only like 
you know, four or five people per room. And then the magicians kind of rotated around and performed sort of like parlor sets, like not close up, not stage, but kind of a mix between the two. Uh, and, you know, we're all masked up and uh, it was it was fun. It was really fun to like rotate and do your set four times around in the night. And, uh, you know, it was their first time doing it. And I know they learned a lot from that. And there's going to be tweaks coming up. Uh, and it's something that I'll probably be on the bill here and there. And actually, I'm going to be back there this Sunday doing another one. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really cool. And I know the uh, the producers of the venue were in their own room just to see what the show was. And, uh, you know, uh, Harrison and Patrick have all these surprises for you. Like, you get your little initiation at the start of it. But there's also, like, escape room puzzles that are part of the show as well. So, like, in between acts, the groups can work on puzzles to try and see if they're initiated into the group. Awesome. I got to tell you, there was one room, and I want to talk to you, see if you have any experience with this. Uh, like, do you gauge your audience members of, like, what, like, if there's any, like, drama going in between them? Like, if you see, like, anything, like, strange happening, like, between, like, well, that, their, their body language is a little weird towards that person in their group or something like that. Because I entered one of the private rooms, and it was, like, two guys and two girls. But the guy was, like, the guys were... Clearly, it was supposed to be a double date, it seemed, but it was a guy and the two girlfriends on one side of the room and the third guy, uh, the the other guy, like, on the other side of the room that just looked like he wasn't having fun at all. <laughs> was he, like, a fifth wheel? No, 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 no. He was the fourth wheel. It was it was got a it, double date. Yeah, there's only four people. I said third, okay. but I meant to say the other guy. Uh, but got so, it. yeah. So it seemed like it was a double date, but, like, one was just, one date wasn't happening. I've 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 100% seen that and yeah I subconscious it's not something I really think a whole lot about but I subconsciously take it in for sure (laughs) but it was funny too because I know every magic act that went into that room like called out this other guy be like oh you don't look like you want to be here (laughs) like you know (laughs) because it's so small and intimate you have you're talking to everyone and the guy's like arms crossed like not trying to participate at all it's like Hey man, you might as well just let loose and have fun while you're here, because uh, literally everyone's gonna call you out on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I examine my audience members pretty closely, especially when it comes to participation. Mm-hmm. I've gotten this to a point. I mean, I consider it almost like casting, choosing people to come on yeah. stage. One of the most common questions, like people will be like, "Oh, can I be? Can I? Can I come on stage?" Like people will write on on Twitter or Instagram ahead of time, like, "Hey, I'm coming to your yeah, show tonight. Right. Can I be on stage?" And can like the honest me? answer is yeah. it needs to be done in the moment. I can't mm-hmm. pre-plan any of it. Now, I do consider it like casting and get this. I have met people after shows that have that had meet and greet but also happened to have been selected to come on stage. Right. And they say, Matt, I was at your show six months ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you call, not only did you call me on stage tonight, you called me on stage six months ago. And it was for the exact same moment in the show. That's, yeah, that's so funny. That's like, um, that's. I mean, I get that too when I bring people up on stage. They're like, oh, I always get brought up on stage for some reason. And sometimes it's just like the way you're engaged in the show or your demeanor or something about you that just is like, oh, this person's going to be good for this bit. And they just yeah. keep getting pulled rather than, you know, someone else who never gets picked for say. I mean, that is wild. And I've had it happen multiple times where it was literally for the same moment That's in the so show. Funny. And I and I had no recollection of it. Yeah. 
and would select the same person. Did uh did they like be like, oh, I already know this one? I would. I didn't even find out. That's the thing is, I had no idea mm-hmm. that they had even been to the show before until the meet and greet. Right. And you know, they they show. Oh, and here's my signed whatever from last time. Or yeah. You know, stuff like that. I'm just it's picturing crazy. someone that you brought up for the exact same bit, and you're giving them instructions, and they're like, "I know what to do." Man, I'm. <laughs> I'm. This is old hat. I'm a regular. You know. Pick a card, lose in the deck. I know it. I know it. Let me It'd be take funny charge. too. If there are people in the audience that also were at that exact same show and they go, Oh, this is all fixed. This guy's yeah. obviously in on it because he was here last time. It's this dude. He brings this person up for every bit. Yeah. This guy works here. Yeah. Anywho, yeah, I did that's that's funny. But I do examine uh, examine the audience closely. And I've definitely seen that situation where it's like yeah. that that one person is like the stick in the mud. But you know what? I try to sympathize. I don't know what's going on in their life, you know, and I exactly. just do my best to try to to bring it up, bring up that uh, energy level and positivity and hopefully turn that frown into a smile. Yeah. Oh, that was supposed to rhyme. Frown upside down. <laughs> yeah, frown into a smile is not the saying. That's uh, not it. But uh, yeah, that, that was kind of my approach too, is I was like, my job is just to make sure everyone's having the best time that they can and if the you know i have no idea what happened going into this room or you know i can imagine what happened like oh it was you know two girlfriends together and they're both with guys and <laughs> as soon as one saw the other you know their date they were just like not gonna happen and the the guy was like sulking this is all in my head it was imagine so for you it's a blind date yeah, kind of. I is think there any such thing as a blind date in the world of social media? Well, I was also thinking in the in the world of potting together for this show. Like they have to like know each oh, other, right. yeah, know? yeah, <laughs> and be in the pod. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe something happened. But I was just like, oh yeah, I gotta do my best to try and at least get the group dynamic together and and maybe move move the uh, the chains just a little bit closer to having a better night. You know, right, <laughs> you right. Know? Just wow. do a little bit as you as you go. But uh, so you've been living life for the cast a little bit yeah yeah and i got good reviews i mean it was fun because i i chose a piece for for any type of new venue like this and new performance i um i didn't you know we were doing like 15 minute sets and you know after being in lockdown for all this time it's you have a gauge on your on your material but it could change with covid protocol so i wasn't sure exactly how long my set was going to go so i chose a piece from my stage show that i like can improvise and flex with the time a bit so that i could like end on the correct amount of time uh but doing so is i had to do a, i have to prep that bit like do some arts and crafts at home uh, and so forth uh, and normally I just have to do that once when I do a stage show, but because I was doing multiple rooms, I realized I was like, wow, I got to prep this so many times just for mm-hmm. one night of performing. Uh, but I, it was worth it because I got great reviews and reactions. And, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, we love the mind reader. The mind reader was great. So that felt good. And, uh, awesome. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And definitely if you're in the New York area, we'll plug it now. Uh, you know, it's going to be every Sunday night. Um, at the RPM Underground, you can go to uh, magicscam.com slash tickets. Oh what? Ten minutes in, the guy's already doing plugs. We're doing oh plugs. We'll do plugs at the end, too, but we're talking <laughs> about now. Uh, magicscam.com slash tickets, and you can check no, out that No, that's show. great. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. That's, uh, I'm glad it went so well. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of protocols with COVID, I've got a big rehearsal tonight and had yeah. one on Monday night. And uh, so the, the rule here in Vegas is, 12 feet from the audience, no mask uh, for me, yes. for the performer, mm-hmm. within 12 feet mask. And I 
am having a, a struggle with the mask on, mask off with the microphone getting in the way. Right, because you have the uh, the oh, like coming down by your mouth micro yeah. style microphone. You're set. You're set. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, I could see that being tricky going on and off over the mic, under the mic. You get the fabricy. Yeah. I was trying to do it on my mic, but it's it's not working. So like, <laughs> what are our options? The options yeah. are use a different microphone, maybe more like something that goes under your shirt, kind of like in reality television that like they use. Like a lapel mic? The problem is, yeah, the problem is um, nothing's going to pick up your voice the same way it mm -hmm. will when it's like right next to your mouth. So it's, yeah. it's a very different experience for me. And I have used the under the shirt one that you don't even, you can't even see it. It's actually not even like a lapel mic. It's like, it's more like one they use in reality TV, but made for theater. Mm, yeah. Um, those are like kind of flat, like almost like collar, yeah, collarbone they, they, type. They, they operate quite differently. Like my mm -hmm. microphone, I'm so comfortable with it from thousands of shows that I can use it like an instrument. I know how to whisper into it. Yeah. I know how to get louder without, right. you know, uh, right, cracking right, right. the sound. I know how, I just know how to really work it. So it'd be like, although it's been a year, so maybe now would be a good time to do the change. But anyway, the sound quality is not going to be as good even without a mask. Now put in the mask. Yeah, the mask and, is uh, it just muffles you right away. I mean, it's yes. Uh, <laughs> so your option is change the mic to with those cons in mind. The options are, I thought of like a neck gaiter. I think that's what they're called. The mask that kind of like is like a scarf around your neck that comes up over your nose, but that still goes over your ears. So that mm -hmm. would get in the way of the mic as well. Uh, most masks do go around your ears, and that's also where the mic goes around. Goes around each ear. That's mm -hmm. how it attaches. So it's like. Maybe one of those masks, have you seen the little thing where they clip it behind the head, but it doesn't actually, it's mainly so like your ears don't get irritated. Have you seen that? There's like a little device. Oh yeah. I think they, they use, use in that. The back. I think they use that when I just got my hair cut. They like oh, yeah. clipped it so that they could do around the ears. Now, have you ever done your show with just a handheld? Like, cause I know there's people in our industry that swear by just handheld mics because of the way you can, you know, control the sound and, you know, put it by your side. And, you know, coming from uh, one foot of the comedy world, like obviously all stand-ups use more of a handheld, depending. I mean, I've seen exceptions to that rule as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've always done my show with a handheld mic when I do my stage show uh, because obviously i i don't need my hands and doing slights as much um so i can you can kind of work around the microphone uh stand uh and you know take the mic off so so when i've been doing my socially distanced live shows it, the mask thing hasn't been a problem because i'm just already working with a handheld yeah the the art there's an art to using a handheld if you're a visual performer that uses your hands and mm -hmm. if you if you're if you're a magician listening to this and you're interested in like adapting your show to work with a handheld i mean there are amazing benefits to it because you can kind of work anywhere check out michael kent's lecture on that yeah i've and watched it and it was outstanding i'm mm -hmm. just too far down the rabbit hole where right. where it, it's it, it would be um it's different for I guess, a vegas show i think too yeah. it is different yeah. for a vegas show for sure um but I, w I put it this way, if it was, if I thought it was like feasible to pull off, I would do it. It's just, mm -hmm. um, it would be a major, there'd be some really big hurdles for me to be able to do it. But if I could like start over from scratch, like I very well might try to make that work, at least for like 75% of the show or yeah. something, as much as I could, because there's so many benefits, even the sound quality. Yeah, the sound quality. Yeah, just even having sometimes a wired version of a mic off stage when, you know, something wireless 
uh, mm-hmm. goes wrong. Uh, you'd have to think about, you know, the mic stand and moving that around too. And luckily, you have some stagehands that could do that potentially. Mm-hmm. But what do, what do you think about my favorite thing ever, the microphone necklace? <laughs> I mean, oh, I'm not a fan. I never use it. It's my favorite thing to call a microphone necklace because that's not what the name is, but that's what I call it. What, what do they call it? A gim gim crack or something like that? I don't know the name. I just don't like the on and off. I don't like it. It looks silly to me. And I know performers yeah. who swear by it, but, um, you know, for those of you who can't picture this, it's like a cord around your neck and there's a little microphone holder like on your chest <laughs> and you just kind of put the handheld mic into the holder and you can remove it and it just i call it a microphone necklace because that's what it looks like to me <laughs> yeah is that's a difficult one especially for performers that have like long hair to take that thing on and off like if you're doing that i think that needs to happen backstage <laughs> yeah yeah you know but usually that's not you know mm-hmm. an option now are so. there masks that have like microphones built into them that's got to be a thing like because i'm thinking of Football Whoa. players that have the masks uh, or the mics in their helmet, and they're like Whoa. talking to the coach. Is but that then I a can't thing? take it off. You can take it. Um, I mean, can you replace it with the headset one? Mm, I mean, the, the headset, it's not easy to get on either. Yeah. It's almost like the necklace. Like when you have to take that off, I was just thinking, is there a way? Is there like an adaptable thing? Or maybe if it's a, if there's a microphone built into the mask, it's one of those ones that when you remove the mask, it can stay there. And then mm. like, it's just oh, like, right. it's intent I, I mean, is to co- be if you've covered ever, by the mask. I think this is probably your chance to go on Shark Tank, if, you're, if Shark- I'm being honest. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a, uh, <laughs> I don't have blueprints or anything up or if it would even work it still sounds like it could be a muffled problem but no blueprints no for that reason i'm out oh thanks (laughs) thanks mark cuban (laughs) 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 he was the only shark i was confident i could pronounce their name correctly (laughs) mark cuban inspired me the other day because uh someone was pitching some sort of uh food product on, on Shark Tank, and he used the word flexitarian. And I feel like that's what I've kind of been since November, because I've dabbled in some things that would technically fall outside of the vegan um, mm. palette. So I've now been calling myself a flexitarian. What do you think of that phrase? Uh, first thing that comes to mind is that you eat people who flex. Oh, <laughs> that, that's the opposite of vegan for sure. So... <laughs> And then the next thing that came to mind is uh, some of Martin Gardner's work, the flexahexagons, where he's like, you know, makes those shapes out of paper that you can move and change around. So much Martin Gardner references lately. I know. I just like his stuff. I like his work. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, you got to figure out that microphone thing, those protocols. Yeah. I mean, we know that that's the thing. It needs to be fast because it needs to be a quick on and off. And uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer yet, but... Uh, within the next 20 days, I will. So Yeah, it's coming up. It's another week closer to your opening day. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. But in the meantime, uh, have been not only living life for the cast, but also for the gram. For the gram. Yo, your Instagram. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I uh, are you familiar with Reels? Are you not using Reels yet? Oh, no. I haven't got another Reel game. Let <laughs> me tell you. Uh, you know what a, they call a Reel Remix? It's when you you take an existing video and you essentially do like a duet with it, split screen. So they're just doing TikTok, yeah. Uh, yeah, well that's what that's what Reels is. Yeah. Oh, okay, that. got that's it. Reels, kind of, it's kind of a. I never got of, into the TikTok, so I didn't get into the Reels. Reels is is kind of TikTok, but they call it Reels. <laughs> okay, good. good okay, so you didn't even know that. And then also, like Twitter has a version too. 
I didn't know that. I know they have they have fleets, which is oh, yeah, yeah. kind of like Instagram stories, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> okay. um, I think people know this other than me. <laughs> so I did this split screen video, which uh, like it it, it it basically the Instagram algorithm will favor its new features. So Reels mm-hmm. is a new feature. So if you use it and you use the remix feature, which is another new feature, it will the algorithm will favor you. So that particular video last night had like a hundred thousand people watch watch it, and I, I wake up today and it's 200,000, right? So like it really wants people to see it. And I did uh, just a little bit where I uh, acted like I was like revealing the secret to a trick. And then the split screen shows that if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is going to be hard to understand, but just people kind of like rolling their eyes like, oh, it was that simple. Well, they're all intensely. I'll describe it because I did see this. You post this one. So it's like people are all gathered in intently looking and then it's a clip of these people. And then as something happens and they all kind of like go, oh, and they spread apart and like go like, oh, we understand or like or something like that. Um, Yeah. So you remix that to to make it about revealing a magic trick and it did work well. That was kind of funny. Well, I think it's um, relatable because most people think like that is how most people feel when they learn the secret to a trick. Yeah. And I got a uh, one of the comments I got from someone, which I responded back with like a paragraph <laughs> because I it, it spoke to me like he basically quoted the movie The Prestige mm-hmm. and was like, wow, Matt, this is so true. My favorite quote from The Prestige is the secret impresses no one. Ah, yeah. But I, I, and 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 look, I'm the guy who who made the 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 real because I know people feel that way. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, like, the joke is kind of like it's not true. Like to me, right? And, and I purposely did that when I made the video. I was like, oh my god, guys, the secret to this is so cool. And then as soon as they see what it is, they all kind of like roll their eyes, like oh, yeah, and they're yeah. like disenchanted, right? But like the truth is, I do think it's so cool. The secrets. Well, that's why you got into magic. But it is, though, like, it, it, I understand on the surface it can be disenchanting, uh, uh, but, like, that's only if you don't know enough. Those who are very smart and understand, like, the the, the psychology of why something fools our brain, oh, my God, like, I could, that's so interesting on a human level. Forget about magic. Well, I think there's, yeah, I think there's three phases when people watch magic. Like, one is the blatant like this has to be real magic is true there's no secret behind it and they're watching it and sometimes when they watch that they're like oh i already believe in magic so they're not even impressed because they're like oh yeah this could happen anything could happen so then there's the next level when people are like oh we know there's a secret behind it and we're watching magic but I don't know what the method is, but I'm, I don't want to know because I'm enjoying this impossibility. And I think that's where a lot of lay audiences lie and they enjoy that feeling. And that's what we're trying to give, I think, as the majority of this. Then there's the next group of people who are like, oh, I know there's a secret and I need to know the secret. Right. And then it's like, OK, uh, sometimes when that's revealed, it's disappointing because it doesn't live up to the effect or the, the magical experience to it. Uh, and that's but where it I does th- if they actually knew the secret. So well, if they no, actually well, no, that's took the- those props and tried to recreate it. They mm-hmm. go, oh, my God, no, it's not just tape on the back, because if you do that, everyone's right. going to see it. Oh, you need to do this, this and this. And then you need to psychologically say this first. And if you say it second, it doesn't work. Well, I think that's the next tier, right? That's right, the people that's who, yeah, that's the fourth tier of people that you know. Once they know a little bit of magical knowledge, I mean, 
no one watches more magic than other magicians. You know, right, they, they right. know secrets, but they're understanding they're watching it on a different level because they are, are looking for those psychological things that are like, oh, that's that's combined together to make this actually work. So it's it's like you're saying, the more you know about it, the more impressive it is. It's also like just yeah. learning, you know, a craft or process of something and seeing it done well. Uh, I think you're appreciating it on that level as well. So I think... I think there's different <laughs> ways you can watch magic. and There are. One way is, yeah, if you just want to believe that this is a cool uh, impossibility and then you learn, oh, they're really just pulling a string there, that can be disappointing. But then if you dive deeper and be like, oh, how did that actually fool my brain, you know, and on that psychological level, I think that's where, where you're talking. Look, in, in school, they teach music appreciation and the idea of like, if you if you talk to the general population, I'm assuming about like magic appreciation being taught in schools, they probably laugh like magic doesn't really get the respect that it deserves. It requires incredible intelligence, in my opinion, to appreciate it, like truly. Um, gosh, that sounded like I was really tooting our horns there, right? <laughs> it requires incredible intelligence, but you know what I mean? But like, realistically in in the age we live in of misinformation and like not being aware of how easily we're all deceived mm-hmm. to me is is detrimental yeah i think there's definitely some tie-ins to what's going on in the world and being you know looking at things with a critical eye and appreciating when misdirections are done ethically and for a purpose rather than nefariously and to, yeah, to but manipulate even misdirection has a bad rap it's like oh yeah you made me look over there that's not even what misdirection is no. it's well it's the, the tommy wonder it's really direction you should be pointing people towards a different you know yeah place of focus. yeah but even that i mean it just goes so much deeper there's sound misdirection there's verbal misdirection i mean there's so many different types of misdirection it's not like people think it actually means i point over here and everyone looks while i do something while you're not looking which is really there's something called time misdirection right yeah the other one is just like that's a distraction like hey over here look at this not over (laughs) here that's not that's not as uh you know as uh nuanced (laughs) no in misdirection you don't even know you are misdirected that's Mm -hmm. the thing and it happens to all of us including you and i who know about it every day absolutely and we don't realize it so it's not even for me we're talking about magic appreciation it's not even about um knowing necessarily like you don't need to have an interest in learning how to back palm the card and do a cardini single production but just like the fact of understanding how easily we are deceived on things uh whether it's like happening to us maliciously and intentionally or not right i just feel like it's important for us as humans to know where those gaps are in our brains yeah and i think this ties into two things too because i know penn and teller have talked about this a lot when they were exposing magic and like getting a lot of bad rep you know as they were gaining notoriety in in the their careers is uh you know they were exposing the secret when it was more beautiful than the trick and there's something to that the mechanisms behind it you know are sometimes fascinating but they're not revealing the ugly secrets because a lot of times the ugly secrets are just ugly secrets and they're just there to make it work um you know to to accomplish the effect but but even the ugly ones are beautifully deceptive to me yes yeah yeah i mean we can appreciate them because those are tools in our toolkit you know yeah yeah but the other thing that this ties into and what's been going through my brain a lot is I just finished watching that uh, documentary on HBO about the 
QAnon and uh, just how people are kind of manipulated. And I'm, I'm fascinated how people are interested into getting into conspiracies and why they start believing. And I'm seeing a lot of parallels between techniques, you know, that are in the magic world and how like this conspiracy i mean obviously not the same techniques of like bigotry and hatred and like anti-semitism and that stuff that's mm -hmm. just that just goes into some old uh, conspiracies that have been around for a long time but the 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 techniques on how to get people together and, and to believe in these things are kind of uh in in ways that that's the nefarious part of things that's what i was talking about is like how to how to do these quote predictions that people are seeing as real or you know manipulating different realities so that they're seeing one thing when another thing is actually happening it's just uh i don't know i don't know there's a lot playing around in my mind with that and kind of seeing how magic techniques can be used for bad rather than oh, good. For sure. yeah i think i just figured part of this out so mm. like let's say you're what you're at the magic castle i don't know why i chose that to be the setting I should have said Matt Franco theater at the link. No, <laughs> no, no. We're at the magic castle. I take it back. Okay. Cause we're going to, we're going to, let's say, you know, the, the, the secret to the trick is the magician palms a card and puts it into their pocket. Mm -hmm. And yes. like you're initially a, a, an audience member is initially impressed and then they learn the secret and they, they get fixated on the how. Mm -hmm. And then they go, once they learn, Oh, okay. He palmed it and put it in his pocket. And let's say they watch a replay somehow. And then they're satisfied now or, or dissatisfied, depending, disenchanted, depending on right. how you look at it. They're like, okay, the how is now solved. I can move on. Right. But it, for me, you're stopping too soon there because we can sit hundreds of other people in that same chair. Every time they watch it the first time, they're going to fall for it in the same way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the part that's interesting. Why didn't we see it the first time? So it's not even right. just the, the how, but to me, it's the why they'll do, do like, we should go back and go, wait a minute, why didn't I see that? How come when I watch it again, I still don't really see it? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying there, too, because I've actually done some gigs for, like, scientists and psychologists and stuff like that. I remember doing even just, like, a gig for a gala at MIT and stuff like that. And they're sometimes the most appreciative of what we do in mm -hmm, magic mm -hmm. and mentalism because they're like, wow, you're using techniques we know about and study but you're using them against us and even though we know about them we still didn't see them happening because everything's so uh polished and well designed for that to work and, uh, and affect our brains in that way mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. the fascinating part too so there you're at that super level when they know there's no magic happening but that's why people are saying it doesn't happen in the moment from you it only happens magic really happens inside our brains and right. we're fooling ourselves right right so and anywho it, just interesting i got into a uh, it actually yeah. went really well the paragraph mm. that i typed out explaining mm. uh the secret impresses Noah, and, and i, I kind of responded i said hey great quote for the movie but i don't think it's factual i feel like the secret impresses those who are smart mm. those who dig a little deeper to say well, well how, how but i understand the how now but i'm not satisfied yet I want to know why. Yeah. And I think <laughs> why did I? Yeah. That plays into another comment we always get after shows sometimes is like, man, you were so good. I was so fooled. I'm so dumb. And I hate that comment. Right. right because right, it's like, right. no, you're not. I didn't fool you because you're dumb. I fooled you because that's what 
we all do. We're all, you know, fooled by this if this works well and it's done right. And right. it's not about intelligence level that you are dumb or smart enough not to know. It's just this is part of human nature and how we all react to these things. Yeah, I think the smarter you are, the 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 more <laughs> it really is effective because the more if you're an intelligent person watching an effect, you can in your head immediately be canceling out things like, well, he couldn't have done this. She couldn't have done that. Uh, it, it, there's no space for it there. So, you know, you immediately start canceling out ways that you would do it. And when you eventually run out of options, you go, wow, this is impossible. But in order to be able to get to that impossible level quickly, I mean, it requires yeah. cognitive processing that happens pretty quick, yeah. pretty fast. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree. Is this just, am I just, is this like a whole pompous uh, saying magicians are smart thing? I think we're just trying to uh, justify our careers here, man. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, if there was anything to uh, justify it, I think it's this podcast and what we do about halfway through, which is called. Well, we're going to jump into the mailbag first, Matt. We have a mailbag? Yeah, we're going to jump. I didn't even know we had a bag. We have a, we have a whole bag of mail. I didn't even know about it. We have, we're going to jump in the mailbag and we, we have a new theme, a new jingle from my brother. And you have not heard this yet. So this is wow. the this is our jingle. We're gonna jump in the mailbag. The mailbag. I've got mail. <laughs> One more time, please. One more time, please. I gotta I gotta count the harmonies here. Yep. Here we go. The mailbag. I've got mail. Wow, I might have a new favorite. Is that a three-part harmony? Can you your prior chorus three. teacher? What do you got? I, I heard three. I think it's a three-part. <laughs> harmony might even be like a, a, a generous term for what I just heard, but I loved every second oh, of good. it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark. That is awesome. So uh, we've got a, an email here. Uh, by the way, if you want to send us email, you can send us email uh, at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. You could write in. Uh, we'll just say your first name. Uh, keep you semi-anonymous. Uh, but uh, we've got an email from Rob. He says, hi, Eric and Matt. Great episode last week. I give it a solid 9 out of 10. That's because you were asking people to rate the, the, uh, the episode. I love the 9 out of 10. Yeah, I'll take it. Good. As long we'll as it's it. five stars on on. You know, wherever you listen to podcasts. Absolutely. If it was out of five stars. If it's out of ten stars, give us ten stars. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. Um, So he says, hope you both had a great Easter in non-COVID times. My Easter tradition is twisting balloons at brunch at a golf club owned by a former U.S. president. Wow. Uh, It's fun because we get to partake in the elaborate buffet in between seatings. One time we had to wait to leave until the coroner got there. Never a dull moment. It sounds like there's lots of stories there. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I was wondering if you knew th- about this fun fact. In Australia, rabbits are considered pests, and in some states they are illegal to own as pets with fines up to $30,000. So this ties into our trivia last week when we were talking about the uh, – the rabbits not being allowed in Australia. Right. Yeah. Right. So he says the only exception to this ban, aside from using them for scientific research, is if you're using them for a magic performance. Whoa. And he sends a link into uh, uh, when you where and when you can have rabbits in Australia. So how did uh, this tie into the golf course thing? 
Uh, I think he just wanted to brag about the okay. the, go- okay. the, the golf uh, doing the golf club <laughs> by a former Oh, that US was just president. a note about Easter. Then there's like yeah. a new paragraph where we yeah. go into the Australia stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Got, yeah. It, got <laughs> it. Okay, I missed that. Okay, cool. So, so why, why does Rob know this about the bunnies? I don't know. He just—it's a fact he knows, and I guess he—they looked up if you could bring in rabbits into Australia. That's the one exception, other than science is magic so science and magic coming together as one for the purpose of having rabbits in australia (laughs) rob if you're hearing this i mean if it's not too much trouble i would just love to you to write us a note and let us know a little bit more about like why you know this i'm just curious how you came into this knowledge or did you did you research it after the trivia or did you already know this well i i just want a little background on that that's that's like a, that's spitting knowledge right there i want to hear more about these stories about the golf course of a u.s president where a coroner had to come once yeah <laughs> that's, that's i mean sounds, you could tell oh. us more about both of these things actually <laughs> yeah yeah so thanks for writing in, Rob. We appreciate it. Again, if you want to write in, you can email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. But Matt, it's time for Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? All right. This uh, is going to seem like a dark and maybe morbid riddle. So just heads up, trigger warning. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Sheila lives in Chicago. One night, she sat down for dinner with the window open and heard a gunshot. Then she witnessed two gruesome deaths. Before she could leave the room, she saw a building catch fire. Why didn't Sheila call the police? Because she was watching television. Wow, you did that was right away. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even give any listeners time to work it out nah, you knew it nah. you got it had you heard that one or just nope never heard it just uh i just I, I was feeling aggressive and i went for it to yeah, be honest yeah yeah and you were like yeah. well obviously why did sheila call the police this isn't a trivia question or a moral question it's a riddle so it's yeah. gotta it's gotta have a twist well yeah. done you nailed that one thank you thank you I think it's time for... Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. Have you ever seen the movie Heaven? No. What is this movie? Who's in it? Oh, then I'm not going to ask you that question. (laughs) Heaven? I haven't even It's called Heaven. H-E-A-V-E-N. Heaven. I know how to spell heaven. Okay. Oh, I just making sure you <laughs> yeah, yeah. heard what I said. Yep. So you're not familiar with that movie? No, I have no idea what that movie is even. Do you know Davy Crockett? Sure, let's do that. Okay, where did Davy Crockett die? Oh, I know this. I don't even need you choices. Do? Yeah, I believe he died at the Alamo. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I visited the Alamo. Did you? Have you ever been? No. I don't even really know exactly what the Alamo is. Speaking of, you know. Oh, the, welcome to the, the, the facts that are going to be wrong part of the podcast. <laughs> uh, San Antonio, I believe. That's where oh, the Alamo. Oh, in Texas. Okay. There was a last stand. Uh, a lot of people fighting. Uh, the, the thing that fascinated me is like everyone's like, remember the Alamo? And uh, you picture like this big fort kind of thing. I didn't realize it is a tiny, tiny building. 
and it's in like the middle of the downtown area. Like it's oh. like, it's like literally you walk up, there's like a little museum they've attached to it, and then it's like, all right, this small building. I got a photo in front of it. I didn't go in. The lines seemed long, and uh, yeah, it was fun. It's like just one of those things that I cross off on my uh, traveling around the world. Like let's see a fun little. Uh, you know, roadside attraction, but I guess that's a little demeaning to call the Alamo just a roadside attraction. That's a little bit more historic and important than that. But uh, yeah, I didn't. I did hear that Davy Crockett died at the Alamo. Well done. This was the shortest segment of our riddles and trivia. We just out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we 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 blew away the competition on that one. That was great. I actually really enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. Yeah. Um. Matt, you got some shoes. How about that for a transition? <laughs> I look, look. Our transitions today are lacking. We had that one. Matt, you just got some shoes. Is that that was that was? I don't know if that was verbatim, but that's essentially that transition. And then my brilliant improvised transition into trivia, in which you did not yes and me. You're like, no, we have mail. <laughs> There was no yes and. No. Your improv skills went out the window. You couldn't just push the mail to the second half. You're like, we're opening this mail, damn it. I mean, when you have an agenda, it's hard to yes and. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, There's an order of things. (laughs) No, that transitions, look. A transition Mm. is a transition, and uh, this one is going to be, so you got some shoes. You got some shoes, Matt. Tell us about your shoes. I saw them on Instagram. And I want to... First of all, they came in a great mail ba- package. Speaking of mail. <laughs> Speaking of mail. We tied it back in the mail. Wait. Yeah. The mailbag. I've got mail. <laughs> I want to talk about Jason Holiday. I mm. met Jason at an arts festival here in Las Vegas, beautiful Summerlin area. Uh, Jason is not local to Vegas, but he traveled in to uh, exhibit his artwork at an arts festival here. I saw some of it, loved it, uh, and and got a, a poster that he had done. And then since then, he has sent me a, a, a puzzle. Oh, cool. That we actually did here. Um, a jigsaw puzzle. With his artwork on it. Mm-hmm. And now the latest and greatest is a pair of shoes in which the, the very talented artist takes uh he does all these sort of wacky and quirky designs that are just amazing and fun to look at so colorful he take uh took a pair of white vans Mm -hmm. and he somehow does the artwork on his ipad first and if you go to his instagram which is i believe jason holiday but it's spelled h-o-l-l-a-d-a-y uh he's actually now showing pictures of the process of how he created this custom pair of shoes oh, cool. uh, he, he does it on the ipad and he shows you how he goes about the process of get then penciling it on the shoe then darkening and then the colors and i uh i just absolutely love them they're so cool would here's the thing now we'll, we'll put a picture yeah. on on the uh on the podcast social media stuff so you can see uh, what we're talking about if you haven't um there i wasn't sure if i would be able to pull them off i'm not gonna lie i wore them out the very day i received them nice um, Did you get comments, shoe comments from people? I, I think people just tend to love them. I, I mean, it's, mm. it, it has been completely um, positive. Everyone's just like so impressed by his work. 
Yeah, and these are like little doodles that kind of like always like intertwine to each other. Um, yeah, they're like cartoons. It looks like uh, to me when I saw them, it was like almost kind of this like pop art kind of like next step to like Keith Haring kind of comic-y, doodly style of drawing, uh, but with his own take, obviously. And it, yes. it's really, really fun how they all kind of intertwine with each other and yeah. create a design and pattern. With yeah, these just doodles. so cool. Um. I, I put them on that very day and started wearing them because I was concerned if I could pull them off or not. Um, I, I dress pretty simply. Like, I, it's not unusual for me to have – we talked about me wearing sweatpants all the time like a week ago. Yeah. Uh, it's not unusual <laughs> for me to wear, like, black comfortable pants, black sneakers, mm-hmm. and a black T-shirt. Like, I will – or shorts or whatever. Yeah. I will, and a black hat. Like, I will just comfortably walk mm-hmm. around in that all day every day, but – uh, he In his note, in the amazing box, even the box he sent me, he did artwork all over the exterior of the box, which yeah. you can see a picture of as well on so at cool. Matt Franco Magic on Instagram. Um, I, I, he said, life is too short to wear boring shoes. And like, I agree. Yeah. Would you wear Would you wear a colorful shoe like that? For me, I'm more about the practical shoe of just like, I'm just worried I'm going to get them dirty, <laughs> like, especially walking around New York city and everything. Like it's that. true. And they are a work of art. It's almost like yeah. you don't want to wear them. Right. Yeah. Um, but like for something flashier that like that, I think, you know, I'd consider that as a performance shoe, like on stage. Would you, would you do that? Cause I would too. Yeah. I think, and I, I think mean, you could pull them off for sure. It's like, I feel like they fit you. That would be in my style. Yeah. I think. I thought so too. Having... And I didn't know if you were going to be like, no way I couldn't, you know, <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't think I'd wear them every day, but like, uh, like from, from day to day, but like for performances, cause you want to be a little bit flashier. You want to stand out a little bit more just to, that extra level, uh, and having that kind of cartoony quality fits my brand. So yeah, yeah. they're, they're so fun. It's like, Unless you're a really serious person, I feel like they could fit. You know, I feel like they're really neat. I, I would red carpet those things, you are know? You, are you saying you're gifted? You're going to give me a pair, Matt? Maybe. Oh, okay. I, I, that's the thing, too, is I don't even know how long. That, I mean, I imagine <laughs> the process to create them is quite long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause and I don't know how they fare in the, the rain. Drawing. Yeah. Oh. Like, because they are hand-painted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, on, on essentially what's like kind of like a fabric shoe. So I imagine there's some sort of sealant, but I can't mm-hmm. imagine that they would fare super well in, in rain. But luckily, yeah, I live Ve- in Las Vegas. Vegas, you don't have that yeah. problem. Every once in a blue moon, it'll rain. <laughs> exactly. New York, different story. I'm just happy we're out of the winter where it was all slushy. The whole city is slushy. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, we're back to, back to nice weather. And I even took a walk to the park. I was just doing... I was not living life for the cast. I was living life for me, Matt. I was Getting just in the nature. <laughs> in the nature. I actually cracked open a couple uh, mentalism books that were on the pile. I'm awesome. slowly getting through and just trying to get through that. So, uh, yeah, that's been my week, really. Yeah. I uh, I did a little interview, which was really cool, with magic legend Franz Harari on Zoom a couple of days ago. Tell our listeners about Franz Harari uh, if they're not familiar because, I mean – Grand illusion. If you think talking grand illusion, he's the guy, right? Mega illusions. Yeah, I, I was going to say the, the term he has coined. Uh, wow. He, I, I, I got to be honest. Even if you don't, if you if you think you haven't seen Franz Ferrari, you probably have. Like if you've mm-hmm. ever seen over the past thirty some odd years, like a a, a large item disappear or appear. <laughs> like I'm talking, yeah. um, buses, airplanes, helicopters, like Space elephants. Shuttles. 
If you've if you've yeah. seen anything like that disappear on television, you either watched Franz Ferrari do it or you watched someone do it who was consulted with Franz Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's moved mountains. I mean, he's done all that stuff. And uh also quite a quite a big star, not just in magic, but like internationally. Like I've heard mm. that there are places in other countries where like he he can't just like walk through the mall. Wow. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Because I know he also does a lot of consulting for like concerts and music acts and like large tours because of these mega illusions they want the spectacle in them and uh he kind of consults to whatever magic illusion a huge mega pop star could want as well and yeah that that is true like missy elliott maybe even justin bieber i don't I, I i might be misquoting there but like a lot of a lot of big concert stuff but also he he has like a show uh i'm speaking pre-covid here but like in macau i think Mm-hmm. where like he just trains other Franz Ferraris to do the show wow. and he can be somewhere else. He can be at, at, asleep in California and there's some, they don't pretend to be Franz Ferrari. They use their own name, but they are trained to perform the Franz Ferrari show. Wow. Isn't that wild? That's franchising right there. That's yeah. the hardest part about our business is we can't really franchise out. There's, <laughs> there's zero chance that I could train someone to do magic reinvented nightly. Right. Yeah. I was, mean the skill set is too specific. Even a a talented sleight of hand artist is going to have like chances are they're going to have a slightly different skill set. It's not going to be identical to mine. Right. And <laughs> and same thing for for my show too. It's like I could maybe yeah. teach everyone some of the techniques on how to do each piece of my show, but a lot of it's personality driven and the improvising yeah. and, and all of that to coming together. And that's what I think hopefully people are coming to see more is my style of it and your personality too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's not teaching the Franz Harari personality. He's teaching how to do the mega illusions. And that's kind of the show. Yeah, because the show is the spectacle. So you're mm-hmm. there as the ringleader mm-hmm. to sort of walk around you, I'm sure there's like I'm sure there is a physical aspect to it where you're jumping right. in and out of things and right. but for a lot of it is bigger than you this isn't just sawing people in half this is like right. as large scale as you can get when it comes to illusions so anyway we did a little bit of a magic interview it was their 100th episode wow it was a little n- montage of the other 99 guests they've had and it was pretty much every you know, a, a, it was a lot of uh, the folks I grew up watching on television. So I was honored to be on there. If you enjoy this conversation you know, here that Eric and I have, there's a pretty good chance you'd enjoy uh, the conversation that I had with Franz. And I was really excited to, to plug the cast. Oh, it was good. a great opportunity to say, hey, mind over magic. Eric Diddleman, yeah. MF, here we go. So, so they're uh, episode 100, so we're 60 behind is what you're saying. We're 60 behind. We've got to catch up. <laughs> And special uh, thanks to his co-host John, who did a great job as well. Oh, great! So. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, if oh, you, cool! Yeah, send that yeah, over. Yeah, that's a good idea. To me. Yeah, so that you could check that out. Uh, and um, yeah, man, why that's didn't exciting. I think of that? I don't know. That's why we're a team here, Matt. <laughs> we pick up the ball when the other one drops it. Just from a, a creative standpoint, I, I really, for the first time in forever, I really have been like creatively charged by like social media stuff that you can do in like reels mm-hmm. uh you have you you won't pick it up you won't even look at it i just don't know how to do mind reading on reels i mean no, a why, lot of, does it not... have to be mind reading can it be a showcase where you can provide value to your followers through your own personality 
uh, I'd have to figure out how, what what that would be first. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's not like I could just you know you could pick up a new visual trick and that works well in that medium. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a lot of talking, so I the podcasting works in <laughs> my medium. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, because of how interactive my act is, you know, I can't you know do a mind reading act without minds to read. Yeah, so. but if you just put the mind reading aside, I mean, I do feel like you have lots of value that, of things you can teach people and show people, right? Sure, yeah. Maybe we do uh, one for the podcast. Well, first we get a website for the podcast. Oh, yeah, we didn't we do that some, yet. Maybe we do some reels based off of some clips from the episodes. You want to do like a, a link? Oh, do you, is your, your old website is still up? Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, we're already jumping forward towards uh, uh, goals a bit here, but uh, my <laughs> <laughs> my goal was to continue working on the website. So we kind of we finalized that logo, and now we're just in the next steps of you know I'm in the press of doing the ad copy and uh, my designers designing the, what the site looks like. So we're just taking little steps forward, and hopefully that'll be up. Uh, you know, I, my goal for that is you know this month at some point, but uh, we'll see if we get there. Dude, I just saw something in the show notes right here that like, <laughs> uh, it says it says a documentary that I watched HBO's Fake Famous. Have you heard of this? Uh, it's on my list. I haven't seen it yet. Woo! Yeah, it was an interesting one. Did we? We haven't talked about that. No, and that ties into your social media. Hundred <laughs> so. percent. No, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, that's why I just saw that. I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. it's like. They basically. Do you know the gist of it? I'll I'll describe just in case anyone's listening who doesn't. Yeah, go ahead. I know it's something about like there's in, like people trying to be influencers or convincing other people that they're influencers and seeing what results from that. Yeah, they uh, there were some crazy statistics right off the top about how like if you asked a child what they want to be when they grow up ten years ago versus now, like the the crazy majority are saying they want to be a social media influencer like that blew my mind first of all i was like whoa well it seems easy i think <laughs> that's why Maybe, they're like yeah. you get the fame and the fortune without having to do much oh but my god i'm sure there's more work than people realize too of i mean even just us trying to keep up with social media is work a and luck yeah. and all kinds of things yeah, and yeah. staying on top of the trends constantly mm-hmm. like i said the algorithm will favor if you're using new features yeah. versus old trends yeah. they'll you know, not allow it to be seen. Anyway, um, they did a huge casting call, which they show all the behind the scenes on. Oh, that's To fun. find three regular people, for lack of a better phrase. Like people <laughs> that were, because they had a couple that came in that like already mm-hmm. kind of had some sort of following or they would be kind of a great candidate to already kind of blow up because they were, uh, you know, a talented basketball player. They didn't want people to be like uh, blowing up because of their talent. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they wanted, wanted they wanted this. ones that seemed like that would be um the the definition of just kind of a person I guess. That, yeah. They wanted it, to impose the influencer title on them rather than them having something that could lead to that naturally, right? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's thank you a, for wording that better than me. Thank you. A blank slate, a blank canvas to work with. That's it sounds insulting when we say it, doesn't it? A blank canvas, but yeah. but you know what I mean, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so they casted uh, uh, two males, one female, and and I won't obviously tell you what happened with each one, what the final result was, but mm-hmm. like they essentially bought them followers to start off, bought them likes. Um, wow. Faked a lot of things, like faking they were on private jets, faking mm-hmm. all these lifestyle things staging elaborate photo shoots you know 
and um, each person sort of reacts to it differently. Some were more interested in following through with it than others. Mm-hmm. Um, some were more successful than others with it. And like the whole thing and like, whoa, yeah, it was a, a glimpse into a whole different world of uh, great documentary, I thought. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to check it out because it's been on my list um, because that kind of stuff fascinates me. And it ties into our previous conversation we were having earlier about like, the use of deception nefariously in ways, you know, and how this can tie into the magic world of like what you are putting forward uh, is what people see. They're not seeing all the behind the scenes, behind the camera stuff. That's the reality a lot of the time. So that's just, uh, you know, it reminds me of there's a there was a documentary Banksy. It wasn't about Banksy, but Banksy was in it because it was someone who was trying to get into that kind of pop art graffiti world of this like modern kind of art you know street artist so he just took it upon himself to like kind of pretend to be a street artist for a while and then the result of it was he sort of became a street artist right (laughs) so uh, just like there's a fake it till you make it quality to all this but there's also that deception part of it too and it's just like we're, we're all living in a world where we're imposing our own perceptions and realities and people you know once you claim you're this thing you are that thing a lot of the times yeah there's a huge fake it till you make it uh thing in show business in particular yeah of course. right and and there there actually is some uh validity to that isn't there did you have any fake it till you make it moments when you were first starting out? Like, the, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I think every day was fake it till you make it. But did you do anything promotionally? Because I know there's the people who add like fake awards just to like no, say I they've never done do that. that. <laughs> but like, you know, the the let's say let's say you're getting into uh, the corporate market for the first time ever. You've never done yeah. a corporate. Like, at some point, someone needs to be your first corporate client. Of course, yeah. Whether it's a paid gig or what or not, even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know depending on how early you are and like there is that moment where you've done three corporate shows and you get you you know you 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 work hard to make sure you get testimonials from mm-hmm. each one mm-hmm. and those three testimonials are splashed on your website as if as if they're one of you know three of many when really those are the only ones you have of course yeah yeah they're like that awkward stage exists i think for almost almost everybody right unless you're yeah. unless you're born yeah. into a showbiz family right Right, and you have a legacy or something's been kind of handed so to I, you. So I lived through. right through that for sure. Yeah. Doing colleges and uh-huh. probably everything else. Yeah, colleges <laughs> was the same thing. I reached out to every school and was just like, hey, I'm new to this. I just need footage and a testimonial to get me started. And it was like some I did for free, some I did for very cheap. And then mm-hmm. eventually I had that. That was the social proof of like, now I'm a college performer. I have these testimonials and these you know, video footage of me at schools. But a lot of the times that's, yeah, that's what you're doing is, uh, you know, you're, I mean, there's one thing to just blatantly lie and be like, I won these awards. I'm the top booked act in the college or corporate market or whatever, uh, because that's, I think, (laughs) really faking it. And you'll be discovered uh, for faking that. I I personally like to go with the honesty. For example, if it was a show I wasn't super thrilled with, I wouldn't even feel comfortable accepting a, a testimonial that was like mm-hmm. super positive. I'd be like, no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> make sure I wait for the for the next one. You know. Well, you want to feel like you deserve it too. Hundred percent. You know that 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 goes into imposter syndrome too sometimes too. But I mean, that's a whole other topic. Uh, but uh, of feeling like you've earned your place, and you know, you, I think people can read that authenticity and that genuine 
um, re- reviews and results from people as well. Forgive me for getting a little inspirational here, but I mean, for any performers out there, like it's important to compare yourself to yourself and not mm-hmm. to others. It really, right. really is. It's not fair to compare yourself to someone who's been in that industry for 20 years or 10 years or even five years if you're just jumping into it. Uh, it it's important to have, you know, what they call in, in running and in track PRs, personal records. Like, oh, funny. Okay. Yeah. yeah like if, if, if you had, uh, you know, three gigs one month and now you have six in the next month like that's awesome that's a pr if you never had six in a month before and it doesn't matter that someone else had 30 right and i think that ties into just social media in general like people are always oh oh, yeah comparing but yeah yeah. social media too comparing and contrasting what other people are doing because like you're saying in this documentary some of that just just could be faked to to put out a personal appearance i mean it ties into that other documentary i can't recall the name of it of the other uh look uh, into uh, yeah the, can i give Netflix. you an example yeah go ahead uh they like they that one guy like just faked like a uh, faked like he was g- gifted a gym session mm-hmm. like I, I they pre- basically pretended he was working out in a gym with like a trainer like a and like he was, and 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 then he started getting contacted by other trainers that wanted exposure on his platform. Oh wow! Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> right? Like so, they're like, oh, this this trainer's getting exposure on this, so I should do that too. And they started offering him free training if they would film it and put it on Instagram and stuff. Wow! Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah. Hey man, uh, just just navigate all this stuff carefully is what we're saying because uh, yeah, it could lead to, you know comparing yourself and bad things and depression and all that stuff and oh my uh, god well that yeah, yeah that's the other thing yeah. too is like it, there, there's there is a psychological aspect to this which we've mm-hmm. already talked about that documentary documentary right. previously which was called that's the one i was just trying to recall yeah. it's not it's, no, no, i don't no. have it at the tip of my go back tongue, to right. episode and watch <laughs> it listen to it <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Matt, we should wrap up with some goals. Uh, what, what your, what are your goals for this week? Uh, last no, no. Time. First I want to talk oh. about, uh, no, I'm okay. just kidding. I was just wanted to, uh, we, I just wanted to not yes. And you, we have the, we have a game plan here, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> there's no game plan. Stop pretending there's a game plan. There's a very, very loose, <laughs> sometimes forgotten about game. No, plan. go ahead. Sorry. I was uh, just being a jerk. Go ahead. You wanted to hone in on opening the show. How, how's that going? How'd you step towards that this week? Get this, get yes. this. I can actually hone in on it right now because like, in the next 20 days, I, I do want to figure out the microphone thing. Yep. I'm going in to get into the weeds, mm. getting into the weeds on the new music today. And that means, okay, we know we're using this song, but I need it to stop here, start there. Let's put a sound effect there. Mm. I'm going to go in and spend a couple hours with our sound engineer on that today before the rehearsal. Can, so can into the fun? weeds on that, figure out the microphone, mask on, mask off stuff, and a million other details. But like, it's the the proof is in the pudding on getting in the weeds on that, but um, you know that's a the, that's a long term goal for the next you know twenty days. Matt, How can about you put can you put mm-hmm. in a a fun sound effect like just like one like uh, yeah, I mean why not? Okay, great. So if you see Matt's new show, <laughs> look for the boing and the Price is Right music. <laughs> um, for me, uh, I already talked about was just working towards that website design. That's still going to be uh, uh, going forward. But I have a concrete goal for this week is I have – I know I moved in December. I have like 
two boxes left that I still Whoa. have not unpacked. <laughs> because one, one is just uh, some props. I don't know where they're going to go. But the other one is a box of uh, like pictures to hang on the wall. I just haven't done that yet. So my goal is to hang pictures and uh it's a lot a lot of my uh my signed stuff collection to to figure out where that's gonna go on my walls and just do it that might be one of my favorite goals you've ever given in mind over magic history <laughs> why because it's actually doable <laughs> <laughs> it's doable it's achievable by next week which is makes it better than my goal so i mean not that this is a contest but yeah. you did win this round okay i actually For have time to do count. it this week too so but I like it because it's one of those things for me that like would would get put off. And the yeah. fact that you've now said it out loud, your mm-hmm. your your reality is checked here with people listening, right. including myself. And like I feel like you might actually be more likely to get it done because you said it. And I love that. Yeah. I feel like I'm being helpful. And I think one of the reasons I was holding off too is I was just like, I don't want to be a nuisance to my neighbors and there's gonna be some hammering. <laughs> right, right. But that's a box that for me could sit there for months. Yeah, and but I, the proof is right here. It's sat here it for months. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. So uh, let's do some plugs, Matt. Let's end on some plugs. Yeah, a couple of thank yous. Thank you, Mark, for that awesome uh, song. First yes. of all, for the mailbag. I mean, I think I don't know if Blues Clues is still on the air, but you should definitely <laughs> audition to be the new Steve, or should I say the new Mark? Because he had the "We Just Got a Letter" song, yep. and I feel like yours with the harmony brings it to a whole nother level. And if you want to hear it more, you can write in to our mailbag, and we'll read your email. Uh, mindovermagicpodcast at gmail dot com. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so thank you, Mark. Thank you, Jason Holiday, for the amazing. Uh, artwork with the shoes, the poster, the puzzle, all of it. I love your stuff. Check out Jason Holiday, H-O-L-L-A-D-A-Y. Uh, Plug-wise, let's just go right into Magic Reinvented Nightly, opening April 29th on sale through July 5th at the Link Hotel and Experience. Uh, new production, and so excited for you to see it. Check out that. Eric Diddleman and I both on Cameo. If yep. you want a personalized shout-out for uh, yourself or someone you know, uh, birthdays, celebrations of any kind, uh, inspirational words, whatever you're looking for, we're here to give it to you. What do you got? Just a hmm? fan of AGT. Maybe they're auditioning. You know, who knows? Words maybe. of encouragement. Yeah, absolutely. Hit us up on Cameo. I've got some public shows coming up too. So this coming Sunday, uh, April 11th, I will be back at Scam Live, their second show, uh, post-pandemic ma- live magic show back in the city. Uh, you can see me perform. Um, you can get tickets at magicscam.com slash tickets. And uh, I'll probably be popping into that show quite a bit uh, since I'm very good friends with Patrick and Harrison. I know they rotate the, the cast around, so it's it's kind of a surprise. But they do a good job of letting you know. Uh, and I'll let you know when I'm there, too. Uh, and then also coming up later in April, I'm going to be at the Magic Mania Theater in the Baltimore area. Uh, and you can check out tickets at fpxevents.com. Uh, hit us up on the socials, Mind Magic Pod. Let us know what you think. We'll put up some photos and stuff that we talked about here as well. Uh, but uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, tell a friend. Write a review. We uh, we love uh, hanging out each week with you. So uh, we couldn't do it without you. But uh, that's going to be it for us. Thanks so much, Matt. Good talking to you. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, man. Great hanging with you. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you.